Alright everyone, welcome to another Broken English Podcast. We're just going to get right into it. Um, so I know someone, I know a few people that have been working on set already in DC. How about you? Um, I don't know anybody, but I did drive by my first production yesterday. Which was where? I don't, this was on uh, Fraser Street. I have no idea what it was for, but I saw the trucks, the lights, the people, and it was just like, wow, okay. There's a sign of life right there. It it was somewhere on Fraser and uh, almost near King Edward. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I guess if they need a graveyard, that's where they wanted to go. Yeah, this wasn't that. This was, uh, I believe, to me, it looked somewhere like the Peony. Uh, okay. It's the thing is, it's like it's probably one of these TV shows, and it might probably might be a Canadian show too. Well, I've heard as well they are really trying to push the Christmas movies. It's really the angle so they can mm-hmm. shoot those now. Mm-hmm. Anyway, basically, um, what I was getting from everyone was how carefully sanitized it was, was how there was a distance between everyone in every area. Um, there were an abundance of masks and an abundance of regulations and an abundance of sanitizing and sterilizing the area regularly. Yeah, that's, in- that's interesting. So I, I would, fi- I mean, you would figure that's what's going to be the game plan going forward, right? Just hyper sterilization of everything. I wonder if they're wearing gloves or things like yeah, that. Yeah, no, like that. there was a lot. I mean, I saw some, because I wasn't there, but I saw a variety of different photographs and, uh, I mean, it looked basically like set, except set in the COVID area, sorry, era with the additional masks, with the additional worries. Um, hair and makeup is very much a detached region. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm already, <laughs> I'm already psychologically prepared for it because it's just going to be something um, you're going to have to get, we just have to get used to, right? There's going to be masks sanitizers all over the place yeah we will we'll see how it moves what's interesting though is i don't know if i sent you both articles but there was one article i sent you about jurassic park world which purported to say that someone had contracted covid19 on set and they shut down Mm -hmm. did i send you that one yeah you sent me that one did i send you the follow-up I don't think you sent me a follow-up though what was the follow-up from universal was apparently that was unsubstantiated so it wasn't true no, apparently they were about... So just Chris Pratt spreading rumors and shit. Who knows? Any buzz for the film. But um, apparently it was Universal five days afterwards had said, no, actually, we've been shooting for five days. Everything's been going swimmingly. So then where did that information... It's, who knows? It's, it's the internet. Yeah, I know. Yeah, who knows? These things just come out of nowhere. Probably somebody picked it up on Reddit and... It became an article or something. Like yeah, that. pushed the rumor mill out and then just decided to go as far as they could. Yeah, promoted it that way. But it's interesting because it really does sort of show everyone is treating everyone in the industry has to go by health and safety standards. Yeah, that the general yeah. public aren't really that bothered about. Because hmm. from my perspective, from my perspective, I'm not seeing anywhere close to the amount of masks I thought I would. I see them. I see it all everywhere. I've even I, I I even ordered my own. 
Well, about fucking time. Um, <laughs> well, but, Walmart's Walmart started Walmart's to uh, require it, so that's what triggered my. That's what. So triggered that me. was your, you know, I'm I'm not gonna get. One. I don't shop. I don't even shop at Walmart, but I just knew that was a sign. Sometimes they have good prices. Yeah, I get it. But look, there are many places, including, for example, Tennessee, who have mandated face masks. Yeah. And you look at, like, there was a video that was circulating about this past Friday night in Tennessee, in downtown Nashville. How many people do you think were wearing? (laughs) I don't want to disparage the great state of Tennessee. Tennessee's amazing. And speculate. And speculate. Tennessee is amazing. Memphis is amazing. Nashville is amazing. They are great places with great people. Mm -hmm. But I'm on about, just as an example... There's a lack of people understanding how quickly it can be dealt with. And if you look at the cases rising and rising and rising, especially in Texas, especially in California, um, it has to be taken seriously. And I just find going out around my area in Kitsilano in Point Grey, I don't find as many people as I thought would be wearing them to be wearing them. Interesting, because it's in my area. I mean, it's just, and the places I've gone to, it seems like it's, I could even say a majority of where I go, uh, most people, I guess it could be, it's somewhere between 50, 50 from the places I, from the places I've been seeing. And especially when you go into restaurants and, and, and other kinds of establishments. Well, I'm seeing that from staff in those places, but yeah. not the yeah. general public that happen to be socializing with one another. Oh, well, actually. I was at Wreck Beach yesterday and it was a gong show. Like if you went <laughs> it's like for anybody who's not familiar with Wreck Beach, it's a it's uh it's a nude beach in Vancouver and I was fully clothed by the way. And <laughs> it was just packed and honestly there was no social distancing <laughs> going on at all. It was like the it was like COVID never happened. Well, and the thing is is there is clearly a second wave happening in the US. Yeah. Which is a given. Well, but that's horrible. That's really horrible. Um, You don't want the risk of a second wave to come through. And that's why you've got the film industry here. And I'm assuming the film industry in California and wherever else it's open going, you know what? We got to treat this seriously because if we do end up having an outbreak on one of our shows, that's the show done for at least, absolute least a few weeks which can be a tremendous blow when there's a day when you can't film that ends up being a big deal. If you have two or three weeks, then any way you've got in terms of permits, any way you've got in terms of lining up locations and the logistics that happen to be involved in any of this go completely out the window. Yeah. Um, my observation is, is like for Americans, I think a good chunk, if not a majority of the population just doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> completely i don't think i don't think i think they've, they've just had enough and people are just gonna ride this wave to no pun intended but that's what's what i gather <laughs> just ride this wave until this thing is just run its course because you see the second wave you just see people they just not really listening and then there's just there's a lot of this and then there's a lot of people who just think this is all some sort of conspiracy and you have those crowds where it's like no 
this whole mass thing is a, a plot from the Illuminati and the deep state and or <laughs> sanitizers or is a democratic uh, or a left wing agenda. I don't like I said, it's just highly politicized, highly polarized. Uh, and then there's just people who just don't care. I see it even here, too. Like it was just going to Red Beach. It was just like I didn't expect so much people there. And then it was just like there was nothing going on in terms of distancing and any of that yeah no a lot of people just don't want to care about it yeah what they don't understand it are the potential ramifications because it tends to be the people that are the most gung-ho and uh lazy about it happen to be people in their 20s yeah what are people in their 20s but what they don't realize is this there are lots of people that get irreparable damage from it in the 20s. You may get through it, you may be fine on the surface, but if you end up with lung damage or whatever, yeah. you may not be living another 100 years. Sorry, you may be living a, a huge number of years to go, but do you really want to be doing that with hampered lungs, with damage going in that fashion? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. And all because you can't wear a simple mask. Like Tom Hanks was interviewed about his new um, Apple TV movie. And during that, of course, they brought up the fact that him and his wife had COVID because yeah. they had it yeah. in Australia and they got through it. And he literally said the least, the absolute least you can do, all you're being asked to do is put a cloth over your face and stay away from strangers. Wow. That is, that's just asking far too much. Do you have to do, do you have to do both? I mean, if you're going to put a mask on, can you, can you, can you... Do you still have to stay away from strangers? I mean, why in any way? You know, get groceries and yeah, but you gas. you still wanna yeah. you wanna you wanna minimize the risk. Period. Yeah. Because it's if anything, it's an empathetic way of behaving as opposed to necessarily a selfish thing. Well, it, you are looking out for the most vulnerable around yeah. who may have other health conditions. Well, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to. We don't want to steer too much into this, but it's kind of like. To me, social distance, the social distancing thing is the appropriate reaction to that, right? It just kind of, I just saw a funny incident yesterday at the gym where this guy came up to one of the, the, the receptionists and he starts talking about the coronavirus and how crazy it is. And it's like, you got to be careful, you know, all while doing this, like standing right in her face and talking, right? <laughs> it's like the, the, he just, the irony of the whole situation didn't uh, register with him, right? Where he was like literally a close talker berating and pretty much uh ranting about how you got to be careful you know during this time and and, <laughs> and i knew and i knew she knew that because because i can hear her chatting about what just happened there with the other receptionist when he went away so i had to point out to someone um i think i was like at a mcdonald's or something like that it was at a mcdonald's I, i'd gotten some food and like the app was acting really badly and i, I just wanted the manager to know that the app was shit. Of course, I put it much more politely than that. And as she's talking to me, she comes out from behind the plexiglass to come and talk with me. Yeah. yeah. She's got a mask on. Absolutely cool. fine. Um, but during her speech towards me, as in during our conversation, the mask was coming down. And so I had to move back a bit and go, you do realise that you've A, you've come really close to me, so the whole close talker thing, and B... The mask you're wearing 
if you can feel your nostrils exposed, <laughs> it's not really working. It kind of negates it. It's not a fashion item. It's not like, oh, well, I'm just going to keep my watch loose. No. <laughs> you're either doing this or you're not. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but she probably thinks, man, it does. it's probably not going to spread through my nose. But then again, if you got something, <laughs> anyways. I mean, if you exhale through your nose and you have anything there, it's just all these things are just precautions. But when you look at something like film, you need, they, they're doing it as best they can. They're dealing with it as best they can so as to not have the whole industry completely seize up at this point. Well, isn't it, isn't it completely seized up at this point? I'm no, sure. there are things being filmed. There are um, slow movements in the correct direction. It's slow movements. But I would imagine it's, it's such, a, such a shell of what it was. Oh, yeah. No, it's... And, and not just that, the amount of money that has to now be involved is that much higher. Because think about it. If you had your average 12 to 14 hour day and you could commit a lot of that time to actually shooting, that's completely changed at the moment because you can't have the hurdle of people around the camera. Video village is going to have to be spread out. Everything is going to have to be at more... You know, there's going to have to be more distance, which is going to take up more time, which is going to cost more money, which is going to make the shoot longer, which is going to make the production more expensive. Right, right, right. Hmm. I, I would be extremely surprised if you... Have you been auditioning much recently? No, I just... Because there's just not much happening, but uh, I got one thing uh, recorded. It's just a recording thing, but um, it was and it was for a short movie. But you know, it's the fact that there's not a whole lot going on. Plus, at the same time, you're at the bottom of the barrel when it you're at the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to the uh, the picking. So, right, I, I'm not expecting a whole lot. But I, more so, I, more so, what I meant was in terms of any sort of auditioning. I would assume that that's all going to be remote. I would assume. I would. I would assume at this point it's going to be all mostly remote for the short term but i don't know how long i don't know to what extent well we'll soon see but needless to say they are filming as i say i was speaking with some people yesterday that were on set yeah um, yeah you know the cate the catering's changed a bit as well so where you would have your food truck with people getting stuff off of it now it's all boxed and everything is ready to give out to people but it's in a very um detached form as opposed to those of you that are watching or listening that have had time on set will have had the experience of the renowned food trucks and the lunch trucks and all the rest of it and crafty etc etc et the camera adds 10 pounds wait until you get to the food truck <laughs> and the crafty table <laughs> infinite free food i mean come on but uh, that's all I've got nope. to change nope. because it all has to be very much sanitized, sanitary, no risk. Just like everywhere. Just like everywhere. I, yeah. I, yeah. 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 Welcome to the new normal. Hopefully not for too long. <laughs> See, we're just going to have, you're going to have to ride the wave. It's just. I mean, you can't, 
I was even thinking, I was even thinking, even if you're doing, if you're doing indie production, what you can do is just have the same kinds of things going on, wear the mask and gloves. And so, and just, you know, and be reasonable and then be reasonable with this distance distancing. Right. But I think first and foremost, if you're going to do an indie thing, just, you know, wear a mask, wear gloves. Those with the guy combination, you're pretty safe. Right. And from there, you can just work something out because at least then you're, you're really reducing the risk of anything happening. I mean, I have a pretty strong feeling that a lot of the productions that come out 2021 or the tail end of 2020 are going to end up being um, single person shots a lot of the time or shots with a great distance between person A and person B. How did, oh, that's why, well, that's a good question. One thing that makes me, I'm thinking, they're not testing their actors, right? I would assume they'd have to. I don't think I heard it. Actually, actually, I'm sure they would be because um, the part that I'd left out in talking about the experience on set was everyone is temperature tested. Okay, I see. Temper Temperature check. The thing is with that, it's like... Um, does that well? People who are asymptomatic asymptomatic slip through the cracks. So, but I know that there's you know you can do testing for to actually you know see if they have, somebody actually has it. I'm just wondering. I would assume it. I would assume if you had something where anyone had to be too close or too intimate that it would end up being you would have to have them tested. Otherwise, right. it's you know it's the whole russian roulette come to think of it i would think this would be a standard thing because you're gonna have some production there where you have actors and they have to be kissing or intimate or whatever so i would assume there'll be some testing going on with the performers right i would think that would make complete sense i guess so i just now come to think about it i i just haven't heard anything like that it's just something that you would think you would have to do, but I don't think I've heard much about that. It, I don't know about that specific uh, part. We'll soon see. So sort of moving on a bit from there, uh, have you been paying much attention to Christopher Nolan's Tenet and what will or won't happen with that? Because apparently really, no. he's still pushing hard to try and get it out this summer. Is he? Despite yeah. the fact that it's unlikely to do well at the box office because no one's going to see films. What's his uh, rationale for that? I haven't seen much reported other than he just wants to make sure it gets out and it actually is available. But to me, you look at, say, for example, uh, No Time to Die, the new 007 film, the new James Bond film. That's been pushed back to 2021. And a lot of people are saying that they don't even think it's going to make a 2021 summer release because cinemas won't be operating at the capacity that they want to be in order to be able to justify all the money involved in putting out a mainstream film like that. Hmm. Tenet is likely to make Inception-type money. It doesn't have as many big names, but it now Christopher Nolan has become the big name behind the film. Yeah. So he himself has now sort of elevated himself to Tarantino, like, oh, it's a Christopher Nolan film? Oh, yeah. I'm going to see it because yeah. it's a Christopher Nolan film. Yeah. But the problem is, is if no one goes to see this film, um, are they just going to do a video on demand thing? Because I've heard it's a very, very, and excuse the, the poor choice of words here, visual film. 
As in, it is a cinematic experience that you would aim to have on a larger basis. Yeah. Um, it's just the thing is, it's... um. I don't think that's a be a good idea. It's just simply because it's I don't um I can only I can for example speak like we can speak here in Canada. Cineplex is only um it's it hasn't even opened in Ontario, I believe. I mean it's not even at has it opened here? What was that? Has it opened here? I don't I think it's open in BC, but I don't think I think they've just I don't think they even opened in Ontario or Quebec. Uh, sorry, just to interrupt you a second. Breaking news. <laughs> By the time you guys hear this, it may have already broken. But it now says Tenet is aiming for where it was aiming for July 15th, which has already passed. It's now saying August 12th. August 12th. And I don't know what the situation is with when it comes to the theaters in America, but I don't think the whole situation... Well, California's already ordered them all shut down. Right. So and Mulan is now saying August nineteenth. Okay, Wait, okay. what? It says coming soon in cinemas August nineteenth in Iceland. <laughs> okay. So I gotta fly all the way to Iceland. Just if to you want to see that, see if you want to see that Mulan, I mean, you know, or, or, obviously. Or is it Mulan? I've got no idea. I wait till it gets onto video on demand in Iceland to go watch it. Yeah. What is going on? Um, I just don't think if that's if that's what um, he's trying to do, I don't think it's a good idea right now because with the second wave happening and just the current state of you know the psyche of the average person, I don't think it you're gonna. It's I think you're gonna miss out there on a lot of money. Yeah, I think they'll grow a hell of a lot less than they want to. Significantly lost less than what they want and could get. With that said, though, with that said, you've got. Did you ever see Train to Busan? No, I haven't seen that movie. It's quite good. I think you'd enjoy it. So I've heard. Uh, it's a Korean zombie film, basically. It's the from the same director that did. Uh, uh, what's it call it? Uh. uh Sorry, it's that old age. Um, the one that just won the Oscar. And then I saw No, twice. I don't think so. I don't think so. I thought it was the same director, isn't it? No, Bola. <laughs> not at all. Believe it or not, Korea has a variety of different people. Tell me more. <laughs> the director is Sang Ho Young. Or Yeon. Or Yeon. Trying to, I thought and I, it was the same director as. Uh, he's the same director that just directed. Uh, didn't do it? Parasite. Parasite. That's Parasite, what. Yeah. Didn't do Parasite. Parasite. Yeah, he did. Do, he did do Parasite. Did he? Yeah. Uh, let me verify that here. God, I can't stand IMDb's new. He did not direct Parasite. He... Directed... 
You're thinking that yeah. like yeah. Yeah, sorry, the yeah, director yeah. of Parasite was Bong Joon Ho. Oh right, sorry. He and he did uh, what was it, Snowpiercer, right? Which one did Snowpiercer? The yeah, yes. Sorry, and he did Parasite, right? Okay, there we go. <laughs> but not Train to Busan. <laughs> Sorry, not Train. I got confused with uh, Snowpiercer. Fair enough. Anyway, Sang Ho Yeon, who did Train to Busan, did he do the sequel as well? Did he do Peninsula? Let me just check this. But basically, the sequel for that just came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, in foreign markets, and specifically in Korea. And surprisingly, and I say surprisingly just because of what's going on at the moment, it's done a lot better than expectations. So people were excited about it. But with everything going on right now, they weren't too prepared for how it would or wouldn't do with a theatrical release. So a sequel to Train to Busan came out in South Korea and it did well. 13 to 19 million on the opening weekend. Right. Which right now is insane. I just don't... But um, going back to Tenet, I don't know if that would be the same outcome. I just don't see it. My question is, is it worth it? Is it is worth, it, worth it? it right now? The risk involved? I don't think it is. I mean, with the video on demand wave that we've had as of late. But I wouldn't want to watch it on video on demand either, though. No, I wouldn't necessarily either, but why not just shelve it for now? You don't have to put it out right now. You can wait, put it out next year or the year after. Yeah, I don't think it's going to deteriorate. If it is, like we were talking about, it's not going to be that good of a film. (laughs) If you think it's not going to be that good of a film? If it deteriorates just because it isn't released right now. Remember we were talking about the whole idea of when a film is released. I think if it's a good film, it's going to last. Yeah. I, when I say deteriorate, I mean like the buzz around it, the interest and all that. kind. Oh, of oh yeah. Sorry. No, no way. Yeah. It's not going to have, it's not going to lose the traction. People are still going to want to watch it. I think there's going to be enough people who still want to watch it. They're just going to have to wait a little bit longer because a lot of those, those people are just there. I think it will be more patient remember when we were growing up it'd be two years before a film came out <laughs> but like this is coming out and it's like oh you know oh wait you mean oh it's it's out the end of next year yeah it's all... all right but then again this is something he's requesting but it's not exactly is warner brothers going through with it i mean if you look at it's still slated for the 12th okay, of august so. all right <laughs> and right now on hey. this recording that's three weeks away okay well if it is then you know maybe I might even consider seeing it it's up to you I mean <laughs> I haven't seen you in person in a while Mass. I might not Mass. see you in person in, for a while longer don't I wear a beekeeper's outfit <laughs> what what like what can I say? If it's like if the movie theater, if the if the theater isn't busy and it's playing and I can get plenty of space around people, it's no more busier than a mall. Yeah, I mean, whatever you feel. Yeah. My view is, at the best of times, people are a little less than trustworthy. Well, yeah, I guess so. In a pandemic, probably want to avoid the movie theater for now. 
it's not as bad and and also coupled to the fact that we're in bc and the numbers here are nowhere near many of the places on this continent yeah true fair enough so it's just a it's something it's basically assessing the risk but like i said it's just a thought i'm not a hundred percent on it but depending on what's going on at that moment and you know what the risk looks like Feel free to tell me your review. I'll tell you. I'll be I'll the only one to watch it. One ticket sold. One ticket sold. I'll probably be watching this random wreck beach crowd in there. <laughs> yeah, this this is just more and more surreal each time. I'm telling you, so, that it's just like, yeah, there's there's just that there's a wave here and there's a wave of people who just don't give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. It, People have to realize they're being pretty selfish because you are. If you don't treat this the right way, then I, I've had people I care about die as a result. Many other people have as well. When you look at those numbers, it's not those numbers are real. Those numbers are people connected to people who have left behind shattered souls and forever changed lives because this has continued the way it's continued. So, yeah, yeah. No. So I'm guilt tripping you to staying home and not. The funny thing is, is I'm pointing at you now, and this is really appropriate for those that are watching the video. But I'm not sure whether this point is going to look right because in the <laughs> previous gonna, ones, I think it might should work, I be yeah. pointing this oh, yeah, way? Yeah. I'm yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it looks like for you, but you, it's it's like I didn't know we had a third person in the video here. Yeah, there's the your, there's there's your. PSA. I'm breaking the fourth wall. There's your PSA for everybody who's watching and considering watching Tenet, especially to our American viewers. And here's the thing. I completely support Christopher Nolan. I completely support his work. I think he's brilliant. I just think that there's a time and a place and people should be entertained at home right now. With that said, I've seen a couple more VOD movies. Specifically, I told you I saw The Jesus Rolls, which is... A spin-off of The Big Lebowski. Yeah. With yeah. John Torturo being the writer-director as opposed to the Coen brothers. And him... Oh, he, he wrote and directed it? He wrote and directed The Jesus Rolls. Wow. Wow. I thought it was the... Col I thought it... I thought it... I thought the Coen brothers did that, too. No, 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 no. They did The Big Lebowski, so yeah. they probably yeah. had, had... They were the ones that came up with the idea for the character. Yeah. Maybe they yeah. collaborated to a degree. But Torturo is the one who did this one. And I must say, for anyone who's a big fan of The Big Lebowski, eh, maybe avoid this. <laughs> I mean... You weren't a fan. It's it's one of those films where there's lots of okay or entertaining moments. Yeah. Yeah. But it isn't a full cohesive piece. Huh. And, it's got a, and it's trying to live up to The Big Lebowski. It's trying to live up to a character who was great in his small scenes yeah. and yeah. elongate that to an entire film. Yeah. And I mean, there's yeah. there's some great people in there, like uh, Bobby Carnavale's in there, Audrey Tattoo's in there, Susan Sarandon's in there. It's a good film. So, it isn't a good film. <laughs> Fatigue. I apologize, audience. It isn't a good film. <laughs> it just didn't work. Not a good film. It's a good cast. Right, it's cast well. And there are good performances, but, and there are but, abstract good scenes. But overall, no, I don't I don't recommend it. You didn't feel it. I, I remember seeing the trailer for that, and it caught me off guard. I just haven't watched it yet, because just, just, there's just so much things happening. 
That's on Netflix, right? No, it's on video on demand. Oh, yeah, the video on demand. So you have to buy it. Right. Well, right. rent it. Oh, rent it or whatever. Right. It's a $20 rental, which is about the equivalent of a movie ticket. That's a little bit too high. That's more. <laughs> really? I that's mean, a movie ticket with pop with a small popcorn. That's a movie ticket with a butter on a popcorn. That's about it. You don't even get the that's popcorn for that price. That's a popcorn these days. <laughs> well, basically, the way that, is, that price it tends to be justified is this. Um, if you think about you yourself, just watching it yourself, it's going to be $20. But if you watched it with a friend or a partner or someone like that, then you could go, okay, it's $10 a ticket. You know what I mean? Hmm. It's the whole rationale that we had back in the day when Blockbuster existed and renting was more apparent, sorry, more abundant. Right. And you would get your film, which would be like six ninety nine or whatever, or seven ninety nine for your brand new release. I don't remember. Been bootlegging too long? <laughs> no, it's just like, I grew up in that era that like it was it was there. I never had enough money to, to go rent anything myself. You never did that? I never rented in my... I don't... You know what? Actually, <laughs> I think I, I did, but it was always... There was never a Blockbuster near me, so I went to Roger's video. I don't know if anybody, yeah, remembers, anybody that. remembers that. Same thing. Yeah, same Basically thing. Basically the same thing. Yeah, Roger's video. I remember that briefly. and But I was never really a big renter. We had some... Most of the stuff I watched in the theaters, or we just had them some... For some reason, there would all be some some videotapes hanging around of some movie or something, and then DVD came, then the internet came, and then it just became a more of an online thing. And then, not too long after that, the whole you know remember um, remember when Netflix? <laughs> Everybody can kind of forget. Remember Netflix started off as mail as a mail thing, you know, and then there was a there was some other competitors there too at the same time. So growing. Yeah, zip dot z. Yeah, I I had those too. So movie rentals for me was a sh- from like the brick and mortar thing was a short lived cultural moment for me. I adored it. It I, was great. I, it was great. It was going through the library of titles, and it was. I think we spoke about this in one of the fo- one of the early podcasts that we did. But it was the whole idea of going through a library of things, of seeing the different, basically like music. So it'd be like seeing an album cover, except in this case, it'd be a movie cover. And if it had someone you knew or if it looked kind of cool, you pick it up and then you read the description on the back. <laughs> and then you may rent an you awful may. film because the great thing about that time pre-internet and even to a degree before Rotten Tomatoes and stuff really became... Uh, one of the strongest review sites was you could get a film not know anything about it and not be able to find out anything about it until you'd seen it that yeah yeah but for me i didn't start really renting until the mail the dvd mail renting system came in that's when it took off for me i no, i don't think i did because it's like that's when i really was like fell in like really fell in love with movies like even more because it now allowed me to pick things out that I wanted that I want to see and then return it anytime I wanted 
and just not have to deal with the hassle and then have a, even a wider selection of what the the brick and mortar had yeah fair enough but i kind of like the pressure because because <laughs> yeah, no. now what i mean by that is for example those late fees man they just make you they just make you sweat <laughs> but i've had friends and rewind it god damn it <laughs> be kind rewind uh, but I've had friends who will recommend a film or a TV show to me. Yeah. And then they'll pester me going, you seen it yet? You seen it yet? I want to talk to you about it. Have you seen it yet? Oh, come on. You, I've been telling you about this for weeks. I've been telling you about this for months. That's, I've been telling you about this. That's when that shit was magical. <laughs> but it was the whole idea that you would go in there and you'd get the films or you'd do something like they'd go, oh, you can get six of them for 20 bucks and you get six of them. And you come home and it'd be like, oh, I'm going to have a movie weekend. Da, 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 da. Whereas now you just. <laughs> I know it's too, it's too fucking easy. There's, it, there's nothing magical about it. Oh, I mean, I just opening that envelope and, you know, smelling the toxins of the glue and then just taking out that DVD and then just pop. See, I never got pop. into that part of it. I never got into the whole sniffing things, but most <laughs> More so, I never got into the whole pre-ordering, not pre-ordering, but the renting of the DVDs the, the, via the post, via the mail. Because remember, you did it online, but you just, get it in, you just get it through snail mail. No, I knew about it. I yeah. just never did it. I was always the type that wants to go there and look through the different displays of different pieces of... That's when it became fun for me. Yeah, because... I just... You go ahead. I so I just I just never liked the brick and mortar selection and having to go there. It, it just wasn't appealing to me. Often, I mean, somebody else would do it and I would just watch, but I just never found it appealing. But when you know the whole mail thing came, the uh, online mail order came, that's when it just like that's when it was like it just turned magical for me because now I can watch some things that I I remember watching on VHS and then having being able to. It was just the, the ability to have it have things explore things that you know the brick and mortar didn't have and then what about with albums like if if that was your approach with movies what about with albums were you the type of person that would go into uh a music shop and you'd flip through the cds or you check what was on a display on the wall or you'd you know see the albums as in the big vinyl and you flick through and look for your specific artist or your genre or whatever were you that type of person oh bola i'm disappointed <laughs> you have not lived no not really oh damn sorry i just never had that for music i never i never really had that oh thing. you you know if if we do ever get outside of the new normal <laughs> Show you a few record shops. Well, actually, we'll, we'll need to make some trips for this, but I'll show you some record shops. And just perusing through the different covers and perusing through the albums. And going, oh, shit, so-and-so worked with him. Uh, and, uh, and he uh, rapped on that song. And Yeah. I, I get, I just get, I, I get it looked like it was fantastic. I just never was really ex exposed to that. I don't think I, in my neighborhood, in my area, it's like, I don't think there was, well, there probably was. I just probably wasn't in it. It just, no, I just, I just never. And then it was like going into, I guess, going into a record store, and I go, "Where do I even begin?" It's, I, it is something. I, it is something. Like I tell you, 
when the digital when the internet and the digital phase came in that's when things switched for me i think for me uh the saddest part of all of it is that now and i'm sure you've become guilty of this because i know i have and i know many other people that have as well is when you go on to something like a streaming service you get so fucking overwhelmed yeah, by the abundance yeah. of content so that you end up spending probably the equivalent of a TV show worth going, don't, no, no, maybe I'll add that, I'll add that to my list, but I don't yeah. feel like that right now. You know, Do I want that? Do I want I, the whole pro- I, Yeah, I think, you know what? This brings up another topic of the problem of abundance. Yeah. That was the thing. The thing that you did not experience, we're going to have to make you experience it at some point, whereby you go and you pick six titles and you go, you know what? I'm going to have a movie weekend and I'm going to watch all six of these films. And then you don't get any other choice. You've got to watch them because they're due on Monday. (laughs) And you watch these six films and you go, oh, this one was great and this one was horrible. It was superb. It... It... I, I, it was, it, I, no, I get it. I, that, it, that thing, that whole period where you just weren't, bur- you didn't have, you just didn't have all the, 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 the freedoms and the selection and, and the options like you had now. So you had to be more focused, right? And I think that was great. I guess. I think that was great. I was. I think that was great. Because I remember that time too. And then now I kind of realize it just being in this conversation, I kind of realize because of, you know, everything we've got now with you name it, right. It's kind of diluted things in a certain way. Hugely. Yeah. It's just like, it's just, everything is out there now. There's, you could just binge or you could just do whatever you want. Um, It's just right there, right at your fingertips. And I guess... In a lot of ways, it's superb. In a lot of ways, it's, it's great. It, it's like, don't great. get me wrong, it's great. But for example, when I show you a new song on Spotify or something like that, back when, you know, it would be harder to do, yeah. I would be launching you into a completely different uh, pursuit, a new journey where you would go, oh, that person? I, I've got to hear more from them, etc. Whereas yeah. now it's just yeah. sort of like, I'll put it on Spotify. I'll press play. We'll see what the algorithm comes up with for me. Oh, Netflix <laughs> recommends this. Oh, this one. And it's just sort of like the, the magic isn't the same as me saying to you, have you tried this dish? This dish is really tasty. Give it a try. You try it. You like it or you don't. It's just the onslaught of everything. Yeah. yeah. And then there was then- the magic of the, having the physical media. Right? Oh right. yeah, and people getting pissed off, or you being pissed off at someone for not returning it exactly how it was given. I gave you that case, you know, that, that little op- plastic jewel case. You know, opening the CD case and the cover and the inserts, and... folding it out, not reading any of the information, but liking the picture. <laughs> right, but no, I mean, I sometimes like you know, there was some things that you'd get, and depending on what your scene was, like you can go deep dive into what they put in there. Um, was it? I think I got the was the Animatrix or something like that. I remember. I mean, I love the. Was that the one that had a cartoon one? Yeah, that, that had all the animations, right? And I think I got. I think I did have the physical version of it, and it came with all these inserts and things about the whole Matrix. And I was like, and even a comic. Sometimes it comes with a comic book. So depending on the product, it was like you can just 
I deep dived on that stuff, right? But now it's just like, but now uh, it's hard to be immersive in worlds now because there's so much shit out there and it's right there instantaneously. And I'm kind of realizing it's really ruined the magic of a lot of this. It's a double-edged sword. Yeah. Very much a double-edged sword because now the big thing, which I haven't really gotten into that much, although I know some people that have, I feel like Trump when I say that. (laughs) Some people say prick. Anyway. (laughs) Good thing you got rid of that MAGA hat in the corner before we started recording. Never, never, (laughs) never. For the record, anyone that happens to be... It was the color contrast. It just, it just, to me, it was just, it's too artsy. You know, all that, the white shirt, the white walls, and then the red MAGA hat. It's like, come on. Here's the thing. Anyone that does happen to watch this, um, or listen to it, of course, I am in no way shy about my politics. (laughs) Don't like Trump. Never have. Never will. Period. Fuck Trump. Anyway. (laughs) That's like, that, that that was brought to you by the DNC. (laughs) <laughs> that was a paid, a paid advert by the DN, the Democratic National Congress. There are Republicans I like. There uh, are many of them I like. But that man is just, I uh, absolutely uh, loathe him. And if you like him, I probably won't like you. <laughs> anyway, back to what we were saying. Right. Now there are steel books. Have you ever seen these? Steel books? Steel books. What they are, are movies typically recently released or games recently released where they have an added layer of worth because of the fact that it's like an interesting movie cover or something related to the movie like say for example you were to go with batman one of the batman begins films or something like that right it would be a metallicized version of a blu-ray case with an embossed that image etc and then it would go with more and more around that so it would be something that you would revere it would be an item you would touch and feel and be able to sort of have it on your shelf like you would pride yourself on having a certain book that you could always reread right that really right. meant a lot and then you'd share it with your friends and i'd be like hey bola you know that blu-ray da, da, da. yeah but now it's just sort of like i'll just click the link for you i'll <laughs> share the link for you Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> right, no. This is a good this is a good topic because it just made me realize it's like there's a lot that's been that there's a lot that's been eroded in this whole in this whole information age, right? It's I mean definitely I'm not gonna I don't say we go back, but you know, there were some things that were that that have been lost that there's things things that's been that have been lost in the process that I wish weren't lost. I think the interesting thing is if you look at what we've now come to is what has been, what has resurged. So for example, in the past decade, I'm sure you've heard that vinyl has made a massive comeback Mm -hmm. and vinyl has made a massive comeback because it's so much fun. I mean, not only is it the sound quality issue, but it's so much fun holding a vinyl record. It's so much fun placing it and the tactile interaction right, of you right. and the record player. And I don't know if you've ever DJed. I used to for a bit. 
but the feeling of scratching and playing around with records is amazing but not just that there's the collector's aspect of it where you have this 12 inch cover which sometimes is just magnificent art yeah. and if it isn't yeah. magnificent art in a drawn sense it ends up being magnificent art in terms of a really cool photograph or whatnot yeah i think people are craving that i think maybe why vinyl's coming back because people are craving that tactile experience and i think that what would build off of that is there has to be and if anyone is watching this or listening to it and happens to turn around and and come up with the product we will hopefully get a percentage but there has to be something that comes with this new generation of television uh and by that i mean movie and tv viewers but i mean the new generation of television the smart tv hmm. where there is an option of something physical hmm. if there has to be something physical to be able to then move us back to this beautiful collection like i get the idea of essentialism i think essentialism is a beautiful concept i don't like necessarily the idea of hoarding and so on and so forth yeah but there is a magic involved with a physical representation of a piece of art that you like something yeah something physical i think i think it has to go hand in hand with it whatever it is right the more you're excited about that intellectual property or whatever it is the better right because now you want something more from it besides just viewing it like think of whatever your favorite films are and favorite things are um uh it, there's some things and there's some things you love so much that you want more than just the the to view it right you want a piece of it physically so maybe yeah you'll get some sort of memorabilia or or something that something that 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 you can take with you right beyond just the viewing experience of that movie or 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 song or show uh, sorry that song or that album that show or whatever uh the but the one thing i wanted to point out was that i think with this abundance it's harder to i'm thinking maybe it's finding it's becoming harder to appreciate things because it's just right there um you, uh, i would define it in this context as not realizing the value of it as much as you should be i think there's two sides to it because i, I don't think that on the one hand that you might not appreciate it to a certain degree and on the other hand what it does is it as the the phrase goes it separates the wheat from the chaff whereby you have when you find a show be it a movie or a tv series that is just phenomenal because of the abundance of lukewarm material and the yeah. abundance of lukewarm stuff it makes you turn around and go ooh, ooh, that was great yeah. that was yeah fantastic like for example if anyone didn't know this bowler's favorite tv show is homeland and it's a pretty amazing tv show yeah. yeah if you see other shows around it that try and do something similar and fail <laughs> then for me the abundance actually uh helps me realize okay this is the level that most are at 
this is the level that Homeland's at. Yeah. Yeah. And then the only thing I'll recommend to people will be this stuff at this level. Yeah. Yeah. True. There's uh, most of it is just mediocre, I would say. Or lukewarm or however you want it. It's like you, you see it once and you forget it. Right. I just know that I just note that like just going back to Tenet for example, it's just to me it's like I love Christopher Nolan's movies and and I, I just feel like if I'm watching it at home, <laughs> you know, on my smart TV, it's just not this. It's just I feel like it could it just might alter my viewing experience of it because it's just the thing that when you're watching in a theater. With the big screen, the big sound, and the, the reactions of the people around you, and that whole uh, experience, it could play a significant part in the way I, I digest the film. Right, and I get that, and it would be significantly different in terms of the experience. With that said, though, it's the which is the lesser of two evils? Is it the mm-hmm. I'm going to put myself in a position? where I'm potentially exposed to people that I don't know, where I could be vulnerable or I can make people care about vulnerable, or am I going to watch the movie on a massive TV? Cause you have a big TV. Am I going to watch it on a massive TV for the moment? And then six months down the line or a year, 18 months, however long when they do replay it and rerun it, will I then re-experience it in a sort of a retroactive fashion? Cause the truth of the matter is, is if the movie's any good, it's going to be replayed. There's going to be specialty nights. People are going to revere it. People are going to talk about it. People are going to want to go back to it. If not, the viewing experience, if the studio and the filmmaker and everyone else is so anxious to go, we need to get our return on investment. We need to get a bang for our buck on this. Let's get it out there. Maybe it is the... Uh... <laughs> I don't... I don't know. I just I could wait. I, it's actually this is a great time to 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 emphasize a quote that says, you know, abstinence makes the heart go grow even more fonder. I think you mean absence. So sorry, absence. Abstinence. 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 No, 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 no. You mean absence. <laughs> abstinence. Abstinence, not absinthe abstinence <laughs> no 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 just absence you you mean you're saying abstinence you mean absence abstinence makes the heart grow fonder <laughs> oh bowler <laughs> you get whatever you get what i mean, get what I, mean. <laughs> <laughs> I think i think Absten- your quote is actually abs- better abstinence or abs no it's absence as in no, to not is. be there and abstinence is basically to not do something like to not yeah I, i'm using that but i'm using that phrase <laughs> i'm using that phrase i'm just using that f- that terminology abstinence makes the heart grow <laughs> abstinence abstinence from watching a christopher nolan movie on vod <laughs> or abstinence of watching it too early during a pandemic Yep. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to wrap up this podcast. So I will simply say to you, absence makes the heart grow fonder. 
Absence from what, though? <laughs> Be careful out there, folks. We'll see right. you again next right. week. And if we don't, that saddens me a little. Just wait the other week. That's all. We'll be back. All right. See you guys. Broken English Podcast. Check out our stuff. If you haven't yet, you might want to. Might want to. Give it a try. There we go. Adios. Adios. Adios.